Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right, great. <clears throat> so everybody's looking good. Nobody's having a bad hair day that I can see. So it's all, that's great. So we want to welcome you, everybody. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is August 22nd, 2022, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And this is the journey, which is our time of the week for discipleship. <clears throat> and today, we're starting a new study. We're going through Dean Briggs' book, Ecclesia Rising. And this week, we're starting off with chapters, discussing chapters one and two. Chapter one is entitled Caesarea Philippi. And chapter two is called The Critical Need for Revelation. And why, you may ask, are we studying a book on Ecclesia? Great question. And let me just tell you that it is very important that we understand who we are as the Ecclesia because that's part of our identity. And it's very important that we understand that as watchmen because there is a certain responsibility and definitely a certain authority that the ecclesia walk in and we if we understand who we are then we'll understand what our purpose is and what our mission is and this is so important and this is we started hearing messages about this susan and i did seven years ago in 2015 and we're still trying to grasp the implications of what this actually means in terms of what we're called to do. And it's just, it's very, uh, it's re just revolutionary. And it makes all the difference in your prayer life. It makes all the difference in, in your stance in the world. And it's very, it's more important than ever now that what the world is, seems to be heading into increased chaos and unreliability. And, uh, and so the rock on which we stand, Jesus Christ, and what he says about the ecclesia is all vitally important. So Susan, I'm turning it over to you. We're going to, you, you want to do a worship song? We should just open up in prayer. Yes, let's open okay. up in prayer. Great. Let us have Miss Hannah from Canada open us up in prayer. Abba. We thank you again for pulling us all together tonight. We thank you for this journey that we're on. We thank you for how you're leading us every step of the way, Lord. And we're always excited about any teaching that's coming down through Dean, Father, because you've raised up this brother to be an incredible, um, I don't know what to call him, teacher, kind of architect of the infrastructure for the <laughs> end times ecclesia. And he carries this well, and he's an excellent teacher, Lord. And we just ask you to, by your spirit, open our hearts wide tonight to receive and to dive into this just expectant and excited about how you will change us, how you will move us forward, and how you'll knit us even more deeply together as ecclesia. We pray all this to the honor of your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Hannah. Susan Rao. I have a worship song. That's a new one. That's out by Shane. And it's called You've Already Won. And I think it speaks into the topic for tonight. So 
Let's just get our hearts ready to discuss this and listen to this worship song. Amen. If we could only understand that and get that, huh? <laughs> I think we could all nod to that, that we fought, we're, we fought battles that he's already won and we spent too much time and energy on him <laughs> and not enough trust and faith in him. But that's why we're doing this study. And Fred, did you have any comments or did you want me to just go ahead? I'm going to keep my comments very short because I really would like us to get into breakout groups and have some time to really reflect on these two chapters. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail on chapter one because it's about Caesarea Philippi and Peter's recognition of Jesus for who he really was. Let it be known that Caesarea Philippi was known as one of the deepest, darkest place on earth. It's filled with idolatry. And it was there that Peter recognized Jesus for who he was. And there's two comments I want to make on this very short. And it's not often spoken about, the first comment. It's not often spoken about, but I looked on maps and I asked a few people that Caesarea Philippi is basically at the base of Mount Hermon. And what is about Mount Hermon is in Psalm 133, it's a psalm of ascent. And that's exactly what Jesus had to do to bring his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. It's a very high place, and they had to basically walk uphill. But Psalm 133 speaks about Mount Hermon and the unity that's in the body of Christ. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's verse one. Verse three, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And actually, David was probably prophesying the beauty of what Christ would, what would happen to Jesus right there at the base of Mount Hermon that had been taken over by all this demonic activity. And there, life will be expressed forevermore through Christ Jesus' recognition. And Dean brought out, this is the place where Jesus' ministry completely changed. If you look from before Matthew 16, it's all ministry to the people. But after that, it was his transformation and his focus on Jerusalem and obviously what God had for him there. And we are going to be including that in the Israel journey. And I hope in that context, because if we overcome the schemes of the enemy to kill, still destroy, and divide us, we will end up on Mount Hermon, where the blessing of the Lord comes forever. And we will see the strength of the body of Christ together. The second thing at point I just want to make about that instance in the Bible where Peter recognizes Jesus for who he was, I call it the ministry of recognition. I've written about it in, I think, in at least one of my books, but I don't see this happening in the body of Christ very much. And I believe that we as an ecclesia, if we really understood the power of recognition and utilized it more publicly the strength and the recognition of what people stand for it would completely blast open the church into an ecclesia and there would be a greater greater empowerment of the church let's put it that way 
it takes a lot of self let's see, I would say identity, understanding who we are in Christ to do that, which goes into chapter two. But I can say that Fred and I are committed to when it's right, when it's appropriate to bring people forward and what they're calling and what their identity was. And we did that in at the Heronhut gathering as it was appropriate and where this can't be done in pride. It can't be done in hunger for recognition and wanting the platform. It has to be done by the Spirit of the Lord. I hope that makes sense. Otherwise, we're not out of Caesarea Philippi yet. We're not on the Mount Hermon yet. I would just, uh, Father, I pray for all of us tonight that we would be released into that understanding of how the ministry of recognition can empower the body of Christ. And when it's appropriate, Father, I pray that we would begin to move into that dynamic and see people set free and the rod of iron, the breakthrough of what God has called us to do to come through and be recognized and mobilized into place. I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, and so, so, so I just want to just add to that real quickly. That's actually part of, I believe, what we're called to do as watchmen <clears throat> is we're to we're to speak life into people. That's part of what we're to do. And part of speaking life into people is recognizing gifting and recognizing that that recognizing that's part of part of calling. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. But when you accurately touch on somebody's gifting and their calling, you activate something in them that is that is created by God that just says yes and amen. And people really develop confidence out of that and it's part of being a spiritual mother and father but it's not certainly exclusive <laughs> that anybody can do that and that is one of the most positive things you can do with people is just recognize them when they're operating in in their gifting is it's really it's a beautiful thing to see and so we're this is just very important Amen. The second chapter was the the components really focused on about the importance of revelation and we do want to make the watch a safe place for the prophetic to land. So many places really don't allow that to operate. And we were committed to making the global watch a safe place for the prophets to prophesy and to be uh, honored and welcomed. And we'll be learning more about that as we go forward in the journey. How do we do that and stay focused and the body and the joints coming together. He talked about four components of, and I'll just go through them briefly. First of all, that revelation comes from God. It doesn't come from our head and come from our thinking. It begins and ends with God and clears us away from the flog. Philippians 3.8 speaks of that. I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. So revelation really comes from a, 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 a real grip of God of, uh, on your heart, and it doesn't come by just thinking a process through. Revelation is secondly is about Jesus and about God's long range plan. It's not just a drop and then you forget it. It really is about a, a bigger picture that is unfolding. I think one of the things that I've been through personally is the vision of the global watch that came through an open vision 
And it took 15 years for me to even speak it out. And But in that process, there was a process of my understanding what that was. And I shouldn't just go out there and announce it on the street. There's a process by which the long-range plan of God began to unfold. And it's still unfolding, but I think I'm much smarter in it now than I was 10 years ago. And even two years ago, it's really taken on a different weight. Um, so it comes from God. It's a, a revelation about Jesus and God's long-term pl plan. It requires faith. And if you look at the vision for the watch, I hope you guys are looking at this as from God. It's only achievable by God. And we have to learn to rely on him to motivate us and to get us moving in the place that he wants us to. And it's not by faith or uh, it's a walk by faith, but not by sight. And boy, that's almost every day in my life in terms of God, where do we go from here? Because I don't know, but you do. <laughs> and it's funny, he has never failed. He has never, ever failed to give us the next step, ever. Sometimes some things, we have to wait for some things to happen. But when it happens, we know we're waiting because God has spoken to us and the pieces fall into place. So Revelation, this is one thing he said that I thought were was really instrumental in understanding this. He said, Re Revelation is relational. It's not just a download, but a divine relational moment and encounter with God. And it really nurtures God's purpose in our life. And that goes on to the last point, which is Revelation must be nurtured and is rarely instant. And boy, do we know that. And I kept viewing this through the eyes of this call to the watch and to relay the watch in such a way that people can understand it and move forward with it. Anyway, that's enough said about, it's just a quick brief overview. If you haven't read it, it's okay. We're gonna go ahead and go into breakout groups and just start gleaning as much as we can from each other on this. But I, as I was thinking about the questions, tonight, I'm going to veer off slightly, but it will embrace everything in these two chapters. And it's something I've been thinking about. I've worked it out with my our boys. I've worked it out with myself. And it came from a teaching from somebody long ago, but it was about when you first came to know Christ. Okay, think about that circumstance. That was a divine encounter with the Lord. And there, think about that circumstance because it may be, point you to God's purpose in your life. Now, I came to know the Lord through listening to the author of the late great planet Earth. He came to our college and was speaking on the end times. And I realized, wow, here I am dealing with the end time narrative. I'm just giving that as a, as an example. But I'd like to have you, Fred, do you have anything? I think we can go into breakout groups. I'd like you to share when you came to know the Lord. And was there anything about that that might carry wisdom and revelation for what you're doing and being called to now? And just share it with each other. And if you see something that somebody's relaying that they don't see, speak it. You might cause some seeds to burst forth into 
new fruition. Okay. Fred? Yeah. Okay. So when you first came to know Christ, that was a divine encounter. Is there anything about that relates to your calling now? Is that your, that's your specific question. I think only to add to that would be what, how does your understanding of Ecclesia, how has that changed your, how has that changed your calling or your commitment to the Lord? Yeah. And you may also, you may just thrust in there where you have struggles in this too. We'll be dealing with it all through this journey, but let's just start at the basics where you were called and what does the sense of ecclesia, how does that change your perspective? And we will be back in 20 minutes. So here you go. You're uh, in... Stuart, I'm gonna just hang on before you do that. I'm just gonna put the questions in the okay. uh, chat, okay? All right, awesome. <laughs> Let us hear from each one of the groups just as you all know, since I think most of you have been through this before, you just have to have a spokesperson and just say one or two quick points about what you what you discussed. And uh, we'll just we'll start with room one. Spokesperson, go ahead and unmute yourself. That'll be me, Dr. Fred, and all thank right. you. <laughs> awesome. Yes, amazing group. How blessed. I was six years old and she when she encountered Jesus as savior. And at 32, got to know him as the Lord and Savior. And prayer has been her calling and ministry to all the people. Anna came at, to Christ at 13, but ran away from God due to some bad circumstances, but came back later on. But now her passion is to minister to young people who at that juncture are led astray. So that's amazing. And Sandy was a Catholic, but went to a Catholic prayer retreat and got saved and met Jesus. And that's her passion now. Joe was a, Joe experienced the religious spirit in the Anglican church and then but gone, got born again in the, in, at a missions meeting in South Africa. And the baptism of the Holy changed her, gave her new birth from being a shy person. Now she ministers before people as a leader. And, and for me, when I encountered, I was taken to heaven at the age of six due to some very difficult circumstances and encountered Jesus. So I got to know that he was real. He was alive. And there was no fear in my life. I got put that in my heart. And then when I was older, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and the word became real again. I had a vision of heaven. And the Luke 15, 10 became real to me. I saw in that vision that angels were rejoicing at the repentance, at my repentance. Word is real. Jesus is word. So that's my passion to this day. So thank you very much. I believe our callings are so unique and special. Blessings. That's awesome. Thank you, Molly. I don't think for the, for the other group leaders, I don't think we're going to have time to go through everybody's personal revelation or personal testimonies testimony yeah but you can highlight one or two key points so let's go to room two spokesperson i'm the spokesperson and our sharing was very spirited and intimate it was very nice really it was a good question and uh, yeah i was just going to do themes anyway 
one of the things was dysfunction in our family systems brought us when the Lord saved us, we were dysfunctional in the past. And so there was a very big marked change in finding him. Another one is a deliverance from religious spirits. We had a couple of people who were raised in different portions of the church where their church is the only church and they didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. And so when that happened, that was, it was a process and it's an ongoing process and it was beautiful. <clears throat> also visions and dreams. We, a few of us really were talking about that we had visions. The Lord showed us who he was and even dreams where he came to us and we recognized him. And the visions were that we saw the true state of the world, that it was really in trouble and we wanted our family members to be safe from hell. And then also, that's about it. Just wanting to see, we, we had a deep understanding of what was going on in the world and truly wanted to see people safe from him. That's it. Wow. Great stuff. Thank you, Gail. You're welcome. All right. Let us go to room three, spokesperson. Did I mute yourself? I think that was me. Were we room three? Okay. Our group, particularly, at least the three people in the group spoke of the Holy Spirit and the importance of his, his power, his revelation in their lives and how that made a big difference even if they'd previously come to the Lord prior to that and about the one person spoke of the need for God to actually help her to actually believe and even though her faith was there from a young age to, to actually believe herself and how she needed God to do that and God's spirit coming and the change that made. I think what was also brought out was a lot of people came to the Lord as children or at least had their first experience with the Lord as children and so I guess that underlines the importance of children and children's ministry and how much children understand. With regard to the ecclesia, I think there's a lot of questions as to how to actually live that out in our local situation. There's a feeling that maybe this is ecclesia, what we're experiencing on this platform, but how to bring that into a situation where people don't understand, don't get it, have been in church situations for a long time. But one thing that was brought out was on the basis, I think, of what Susan said earlier was speaking life and how important that was into the lives of the people that we come in contact with. And that was an important part, I think, of, of bringing that about. So yeah, that's clear enough. Susan, that's great. And I just want to reiterate what you said about speaking life. That is the culture we want to cultivate here in the Global Watch. There are going to be plenty of things wrong with the world, but we want to speak life and get a bigger picture of what God says about situations. Mm -hmm. Ooh. And uh, and for those of you who were who were able to come to Heronhood, that was what people were doing all week long. We're speaking life into each other constantly, and it just keeps us up in the presence of the Lord, just uh, constantly, and keeps us constantly encouraged. It was just a wonderful thing to behold. It's great. All right, let us go to room four. Spokesperson, you want to unmute yourself? You need to unmute yourself, Lipa. Sorry. It was interesting in our group because most of us had a personal relation, had a per personal encounter with the Lord or had met him through hearing his word being. They were mostly people that were in difficult situations in their lives personally. And as they found themselves in a situation where they were with other believers, then the Lord revealed himself to them and even though one of our ladies had disbelieved the word before, 
when she heard someone reading it out about the crossing of the Jordan, she was suddenly impacted with the truth of what that actually meant and how she'd been in disbelief previously in her life. And she was able to take a hold of the Lord and know now that God will always make a way for other people that she's helping. And yes, some of us had situations when we were children and some of us had situations with our own children where in difficult family situations, the Lord had revealed himself to us and we'd been able to take a hold of that and live that way for our life in the future. Yeah. It's a bit hard to share briefly without going into everybody's story. So maybe uh, I need to stop there. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Let us go on to room five. So for group five, we had a couple of people who talked about the importance of hearing God's voice for themselves. And one person is now a spiritual director and obviously prophetic intercessors. And that's how they came to Christ is just hearing his voice and also stepping into their faith at a high level of warfare help them understand the authority that they carry and so that is related to the last question whereas maybe the church may not understand the authority but because they stepped into so much warfare when they first came to christ they really began to understand their role mm -hmm. as the ecclesia thank you very much room six I'm supposed to share. We had a, quite a jump of different people. I thought it was a pretty amazing stories to hear from little kids finding their way to Christ to being prayed into, into the kingdom over years. Just amazing stories. And seeing how the Lord has led each, each person through their story just into the place where they're at the moment. And they told me I should tell my story just because it's making full circle at the moment. I'm still not sure how it's going to end, but when I came to know Christ as a young girl around six or something, and my dad used to take me into the synagogue at that time. He was on a search. He had come to know Christ, but he was also, he's Jewish. And, and when I was a kid in the synagogue, I loved going there because I read so much scripture and I just found it such beautiful words in the Bible. And I saw that these people who were reading it was dead. It was a, a liturgy that you do, but it wasn't touching their hearts. And I just started crying out inside of me for these Jewish people that they need to come to know Christ who brings life. And yeah, at the moment I'm over 60 and I'm on a path of maybe finding my way into Israel. I'm not quite sure how that should work and what exactly my job is there. But it was just interesting when you asked the questions to this morning, I was like, Oh, yeah. So long ago, there was this hard for God's people. And now I'm walking this path. I have to see how it ends. But at the moment, yeah, that's something. A full so, it was an, so it was an aha moment for you. Yeah, yeah with your question. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Did you have something you wanted to add to that, Hannah? Me? No. Yes. Oh, okay. oh I'm sorry. My apologies. No, no. <laughs> Thanks, Ruth. Okay. Ruth, that's awesome. I, I, did you, when you say you're finding your way back to Israel, are you thinking of you want to move to Israel or? Uh, it's a long story, but at the moment I've gotten pretty much all my papers put together to 
to uh, do Aliyah, not quite everything, but I've gone to the Jewish agency. I've been working on this for a while. Okay. I actually wasn't planning on going there. I was doing it for my daughter. So it's an interesting story. It takes a while to tell, which I'm not going to do at the moment, but it's okay. just a, a process and I want the Lord to lead. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. So where are we? Room seven. I think that might be us. Is that right? Yep. Yes. You, Brian. Yep. Okay. I don't remember it all, but Alison might need to fill me in because I uh, my reception wasn't clear for everybody. But I first came to the Lord at age seven, which is now 70 years ago. And and it was a bit of a process, but I remember oh, it was a, a couple of ladies having an after-school outreach program that I was invited to along with other school kids and obviously got really convicted, gave my heart to the Lord. And it would last a while and then it drifted off. So the next year I'd finish up going again and getting convicted again and about, and at about age 17 to 19, probably 19 came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was amazing. That was life-changing. And then I found that my relationship with God was real and it didn't go away. Um, and so, this, yeah, the work of God in our hearts has been quite dynamic. I think Alison had a similar testimony of coming to the Lord, perhaps as a teenager and later coming into the Holy Spirit and finding that this was reality. And, and in, in relation to the Ecclesia, I find that today the Lord's taken me into an area really of connecting, drawing men together across denominations through the Promise Keepers movement in New Zealand. And this is, uh, this is really a work. I, when I connect it with what I'm hearing about Ecclesia, because I've listened to the session from here in the hut, I, I realize this is what God is doing and he's giving us a level of authority and responsibility, which is extraordinary because it's just happening, really. It's just happening as God is taking us. So as we're learning to be responsive to him, yeah, that's probably enough said, but. Yeah, that's great. Alison might add a bit more because I can't remember what the others said. I didn't really hear. We thought you had a good story, Brian, but Pam had a good one about John 17 and how that's affected her life. Whether you want to say something, Pam? No. Anyway, I'll quickly say that John 17 was read, was something that was read yeah. not long after she came to the Lord and it really impacted her. Someone read it at the church and now she's fine. That is that is part of what she's doing today and uh, that was just amazing all those years ago but thank you brian you nailed it <laughs> yeah that's awesome there's such a great variety of stories it's really wonderful to hear let's go last but not least to room eight uh that's us we great. all shared we all have been called okay we've been called and to reconnect so there is a, a reminder in each one of us during different situations, through crisis, through coming to join this group and learning to, uh, to come together to intercede. And somebody shared that a reminder that listening to the other intercessor helps her 
to continue to pray for other people, for other nations. So coming together as an ecclesia has actually expanded the, the love for the Lord and, and to be able to, to be committed in that sense, to take that responsibility of like new wine, being refreshed again, being reawakened again, that we together as a group pray for different countries and the power of coming together instead of being by yourself, the need of different countries. And once you listen to it through the sharing and the pray from other people, it actually helps you to actually hear the burden of Christ speaking through the voices of each individual. So it's collectively that we all come together to be encouraged. Yeah, I think, is that all, Rani? Do you want to add in some more? Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Amen. Thank you, Lena. Wow, so good. Susan Rao, do you want to? Yeah, I just wanted to, we haven't had time to pray, but I wanted to exhort people and focus on what the Lord has been showing us since Hernhut. and. You all have heard that I really sensed a plumb line drop into that room and the plumb line kept arising in the conversations throughout the week. And if you look at Amos 7, 7 through 17, it is a vision of the plumb line that Jesus is holding in a wall that he built with the plumb line. And I explained that a little bit on Shabbat last week, but the plumb line comes when, when it comes, I brings righteousness but also judgment and i've been watching the weather in europe this last week i don't know if all of you have seen what's been going on and i there's another place i think in florida where it, it, there was a tornado that ripped through a through a town these weather patterns are exhibiting the lord of hosts <laughs> and i have no problem calling them as judgments and to awaken us to the call to be the ecclesia. And it goes a little bit step further in that many nations are facing elections. Now we will be in November, but there are elections in Kenya. There were other elections, I think, in Europe coming up. And th these are very important to apprehend now as an ecclesia because what's coming is the sheep and the goat nations <laughs> at some point. So our elections are extremely important. And I, this came from our California Watch meeting last week. And I really sensed, you know what? We're not praying right. We're this, we've got to get a little bit stronger in understanding what the times and the seasons are. And so I, want, I put in apostolic prayers for elections in the chat. I've also put it in the signal group. I'd ask you to consider praying this for your elected officials it's not an easy it's not an easy place to go if we're used to more pastoral comfort all these things which we want we want everybody to be saved don't take this mean and wicked sue that's not what i am i but i am saying that there is a standard of righteousness that god is calling forth in the nations now in preparation for his return and we as an ecclesia can we can stand and declare things that are, you know, rather tough to stand for. Let's see, Jeremiah, I think it's 20. I want to just read this to you. You'll get a flavor for it. Oh, 
but I'm just doing it. Sorry, I should have had to tell. Sorry to keep you waiting. But it really, it does declare what God is calling forth. I can't find it. it yeah, it's Ezekiel 21, 26. And it says, thus says the Lord God. This is what Lord God says. Remove the turban and take off the crown. Nothing shall remain the same. Exalt the humble and humble the exalted. Overthrown, I will make it overthrown. It shall be no longer until he comes whose right it is and I will give it to him. That's a pretty tough prayer, but I can say that some of you who are under the rule of really tough stuff, I think it's time for us to get a little tough. Use scriptures, and these are some of them that our group came up with. It's just a stance we're gonna to have to take in these days that become are becoming increasingly dark. And I encourage us all, we can share our testimonies, but last week on our prayer call, we did all those verses, and I finally felt the anointing come and the veil begin to lift. So this is something that's on, I believe, God's heart, I, and I submit it to you. Let us have, Cherie, would you like to close us off in prayer? We just thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're speaking. We thank you for this journey as we look at Ecclesia rising and we just consider, as we've been talking about our stories today, how you've formed us, shaped us and prepared us for the things that you have ahead. Just continue to release revelation to us as we go through the book and as you're speaking the different things that the scriptures that Sue's written down, Lord, we just release your revelation light over every person to know you, to hear you more clearly and release the things in faith that you're putting on people's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All God's people said, amen. Everybody unmute yourselves, wave to each amen. other. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>